This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You're listening to Beyond the Ballot Box with me, Dashran Johan. Politics in Malaysia often centres around the peninsula, while Sabah and Sarawak are often relegated to the peripheries of mainstream discourse and our imagination. Not to mention, revenue from their natural resources has been funnelled to Putrajaya for decades. But this should not be the case. The Malaysian Agreement 1963 is a profound document detailing the rights of Sabah and Sarawak in terms of autonomy, cultural preservation and political representation. My Country and I, The Malaysian Agreement 1963 is a new book, a children's book, penned by Datin Faza Arif and Mazliani ML. So on today's show, I'll be speaking to the co-authors of the book about ME63 and this new book of theirs. Datin Faza, Mazliani, welcome to the show. How are y'all? Good, thank you. Thank, thank you, you for having us here. Yes. Thank so, Datin, can you provide a brief historical overview of the Malaysian Agreement 1963 and how it came to be? Well, it started with um, Tunku Abdul Rahman in 1961. It was over a luncheon when he spoke of the possibility the Borneo states working, joining together, joining forces in fact, at that time with Brunei and uh, Singapore, of course, and Federal uh, Federation of Malaya. And uh, it caused a ripple at the time. You imagine that. It was 1961. And they were, um, Federation of Malaya was already independent, of course. And then Singapore was self-government. And uh, the North Borneo states were still colonies of the, um, the UK. Absolutely. Yeah. And what is the significance of MA63 for East Malaysia? Well, you know, um, it has been said that um, we were supposed to go through independence through Malaysia. So I am not sure what was in the mind of the leaders at the time, whether the independent was just to be decolonized by the British and then to have uh, this um, Malaysia, you know, as their way of uh, freedom, getting freedom, um, you know, after being colonized for so, so long. So uh, this MA63 actually is, I would say, something that they thought would be their, their way to freedom. <laughs> <laughs> Mas, how do you see the significance of MA63? How important is the document when it comes to understanding the very fabric of what Malaysia is? Okay. Well, the Malaysia Agreement, as it is, it's an agreement. Mm -hmm. So an agreement is signed by several parties. And in this case, the Malaysia Agreement is signed by five parties which is the Federation of Malaya, North Borneo or Sabah, Sarawak, Singapore, and the UK. Well, the fabric of it, it is to come to a common ground, a meeting point as to what are the promises, what are the intentions in forming this new nation. So going back to the beginning just now, mm. we are talking about the history of Ma Malaysia Agreement, how it came about, and um, to echo whatever... Uh, the introduction given by Datin. Um, that's the historical perspective. Now we look at the document itself. What is the Malaysia Agreement? A lot of people might not 
be aware as to what exactly is the Malaysia Agreement and where does it stand. <laughs> I know in front of you here, you can see some books, um, but for the benefit of the listeners, perhaps they can imagine there are three books in front of them. Right. All right. So first here... Um, is the Malaysia Agreement itself, mm -hmm. and then next to it is the Malaysia Act, and the last one is the Federal Constitution. Mm. Now, this is the Malaysia Agreement, and you and to tell you where it stands, let's look at the Federal Constitution. Now, this right. is the highest law of the land. Mm. It is the supreme law in Malaysia. Okay, so this came about how? From the Malaysia Agreement, actually, after 1963, but before that, it was during the Reed Commission, during the independence of Federation of Malaya. Mm -hmm. That was the origins of it. However, came um, July 1963 when the Malaysia Agreement was signed, then there are a lot of annexes in it and appendixes. There are articles. Basically, this agreement is just an agreement of 11 articles. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's thin. But there are Lots of annexes, annexes A to K. And in one of these annexes, one of the articles, it lays out that the Federation of Malaya, their parliament, has to pass a law called the Malaysia Act. And that is the second document here. So this Malaysia Act, what it does is it significantly, significantly changes the federal constitution. Mm. It inserted the terms of the Malaysia Agreement into the federal constitution. Therefore, you can see that the position of the Malaysia Agreement, it is within the highest law of the land. So it provides the regulations, the rules, and how we are supposed to work together in tolerance, in negotiation, in moderation, and most importantly, in harmony amongst diversity. I think that's a brilliant way of breaking it down. And I'm so glad you brought the books as well, because I think it really illustrates. Um, I know listeners can't really see the books, but at least for those of us in the studio right now, it really illustrates you know, how important that document is, um, especially when comparing to other important, profound documents in the country. Now, Datin, what specific provisions in the MA63 were designed to protect the autonomy and rights of East Malaysia because we know that's one of the very important things, right? When they, um, when when this agreement was formed, when they said Sabah and Sarawak were going to be part of this federation called Malaysia, um, Sabah and Sarawak didn't just come willy nilly and say you can do whatever. There are specific rights that they wanted to protect. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Well, uh, one of the things that we um, in fact, it was even um, put on the um, the oath stone that was erected uh, and co uh, and uh, commemorated a year after. You know, the um, the formation of Malaysia was uh, commemorated a year after, and then they um, had this uh, oath stone, which actually says the freedom of religion. That was one of the things that they were really worried about because, as you know, the natives of Sabah, they uh, were mostly um, Kadazan, Dusun, Bajau, and various groups of uh, people that were quite different from Malaya. Mm -hmm. So that was the number one. And then also at the time, they wanted English actually to be maintained for at least 10 years. 
and that did not happen. And then uh, also um, they were, there is the um, thing that they said they're not supposed to be colonized. It was supposed to be uh, the autonomy that they were supposed to, to continue having. They, right. Well, they were supposed to have. And that was one of it. And then also um, now what we are fighting for actually is the uh, two-fifth grant, um, which is um, supposed to be used for the development of the state. So that is the one that is most uh, important that they're fighting for. And it has not been um, very well, I, I think, at the moment. I mean, it's a long, long road for them to, to negotiate for the two-fifth. They have, they're getting some grants, but then um, the two-fifth, which is the 40%, is the one that actually the, the state really needs for development. Absolutely. And Mas, how do you see this, right? Because I think um, um, Datin brought up some good points about, um, you know, religious freedom. Um, that was something that is very important for the people of Sabah and Sarawak. Could you expand on that a little bit? And also, um, what did MA63 say about political representation? All right. You see, where this emanates from, from the Malaysia Agreement, is from Article 2 which is the Malaysia Act, the passing of the Malaysia Act. And, and in there, it amends the federal constitution. It adds on to the federal constitution, giving, giving an asymmetrical, provided an asymmetrical federation whereby there are special interests of the Borneo states within the nation. So these special interests, they include religion, language, However, <laughs> throughout, throughout the effluxion of time, there has been amendments made to these laws, and these amendments were made to the federal constitution. So when these amendments were made, the items that were agreed upon during the inception of Malaysia has been amended to the effect that preference of language whereby the adoption of the National Language Act was made, and then the Yang Diputon Agong was chosen as the leader for the um, Muslim religion in the Borneo state. So these are the changes made. Well, why these changes came about, there would be a plethora of reasons. It could be anachronistic tendencies or it could be the requirement during that time itself. Because you see, the federal constitution is what I would like to say, it's a shapeshifter. It, sh it, it shifts according to the needs of a nation. So it began in 57 and came 63, there were needs made, so it was changed. And along the way, it was further amended. However, for the Borneo states now, looking at the requirement, it is to be decided and negotiated between the governments, G2G, whether they would like to reinstate, so to say, whatever was in the Malaysia agreement during the inception, or otherwise. Yes. So, so generally, it's a spirit of negotiation in moderation between the governments. Let's talk about that a little bit more. Um, you know, how has the uh, value of MA63 um, that in eroded over time? Um, because I think, like Mars pointed out, it, you know, what where we are today um, in terms of the the 
the, the sort of um, allocation of resources, how much power um, each region um, has in, in, the, in the Federation of Malaysia is different from what it was originally, what was the original agreement in 1963. Um, how do you see the erosion of the of the MA sixty three, and what has been the impact of that? You know, we are going to be celebrating the sixtieth year of Malaysia on the sixteenth of September, twenty twenty three. The agreement was signed in nineteen sixty three. And a lot of those people, in fact, all of them, who were there at the time, have passed on to the other side. And we are only just talking about it now. So the erosion has been almost whereby it was like a vignette, something that was there, but it's not really there because no one was talking about it so much because of all the amendments that had been happening and because we were such a weak state at the moment, uh, at that time and our leaders, um, in fact, speaking to uh, one of those who was still um, around, um, they wanted independent, but the British said, you are not ready. And so f- it was um, uh, crucial that they worked together with the Federation of Malaya um, because of you know the uh, worry about communists and all that at the time, so soon after 1963 happened, I believe they were attempts by both Sarawak and Sabah leaders to want to demand what was uh, on the in, in the agreement, but somehow, as we know, Donald Stephen was uh, removed as chief minister. And then, oh, this is really a heavy topic. <laughs> we, are talking, we are here to promote children's book. Promoting our children's book. Okay, we don't want to scare the children. No, but, but, but this is all part of the important history, right? That, yes. that I think a lot of children today, they don't understand. And, and you know, because of the, the way public schools are structured, because of the yeah. way our education is structured. I feel a lot of kids grow grow up and they don't even know MA63 yes. to, to begin with, right? Yeah, yes. Right. So, I mean, you, you mentioned it. You know, um, erosion is one thing, but like not knowing the existence, you know, right. existence of is another thing. Yes. You know, yeah, it's like very apparent. Uh, yeah, because a lot of um, when we come over here, actually, Sabahans and Sarawakians, and somebody asks us like, "Oh, uh, where are you from? We're from Sabah," and you know, this is already a cliche. You know, yes. for those who have heard it so many times, and they said, "Oh, how long have you been in Malaysia?" Ah. <laughs> you know, and it's yes. really annoying for for us. Right. You know, especially that we know that we've got certain rights, certain mm-hmm. rights in this country which have not actually been delivered. And that is the one that is really, really frustrating. And therefore, you know, I'm very appreciative of, you know, the book. Uh, we'll talk about it later, but uh, it's it's quite exciting. So you're talking about erosion. Um, I think um, recently the Agung was there mm-hmm. and everybody saw you know, the difference, the vast difference on development and the people um, and uh, 
and the in the peninsula Malaysia, Malaysia in terms of education and all that access to education and basic infrastructure mm. we don't have them I want to talk about that a little bit more but let's go for a very quick break on the show with me today is Datin Faza Arif and Masliani ML. After the break, we discuss how the value of ME63 has eroded over time um, in, in even more detail. So keep it here on Beyond the Ballot Box, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Beyond the Ballot Box. I'm Dafran Johan and on the show with me today is Datin Faza Arif and Masliani. And we are talking about the ME63 and their new book titled My Country and I, The Malaysian Agreement 1963. Um, so Maz, I, I want to ask, um, you know, let's talk about, uh, the, the, let's continue what we were talking about before the break, which is how um, ME63 has eroded over time um, to the point where um, I think uh, Datin, uh, you you know, brought it up and, and pointed a very important thing, which is that erosion is one thing. It's completely a, a different thing when people don't even know what it is yeah. altogether. What I what is it like for people in Sabah and Sarawak, the reality on the ground? Because we often talk about ME63. Um, it is this historical document. It is profound. It has, um, you know, seismic um, um, impacts towards the people. Yeah. But these are all abstract, right? Yes. What is it? The, what's the reality on the ground? How has the erosion of MA63 shaped people's lives there? All right. So the reality of it, mm -hmm. why it was signed in the first place was for the promise of development, education. So as you can see, there are reports, official reports, and where the Borneo states stand in terms of their life. <laughs> so sad to say, it is far, it's a far cry from what they expected during the inception of Malaysia. So the changes, you can see it in two different ways. One is the changes in terms of the amendments of the law. This is from the legal perspective. And then the other one, as you mentioned just now, uh, Dashran, is about um, the recognition of the Malaysia Agreement itself. Back then, in 1963, it was celebrated. There was a big celebration of, of signing the Malaysia Agreement and then passing it into law and then amending the federal constitution to give beef to the Malaysia Agreement, so to say. Okay, but as it is now, there came a point where people were not really sure of the identity anymore. They, right. they, yes, they, we were not... There was no definition as to how this nation is defined. We were all seen... Mm, I would say we tried to look at as one, mm -hmm. but in that process to, to appear as one, there were some parties left behind. So this is the sad, but the, the reality that is happening on, happening on the ground. Yeah. Right. Um, Datin, we often talk about reinstating MA63, you know, um, to its original document, what the, the original spirit of it. But what does that look like in reality? What type of changes are we looking at? Because we talk about how it has eroded. If we want to fix things, what are we looking to fix in the first place? How does that work in the real world? Acknowledgement mm. that we exist, number one. They may say that, well, we do, but, you know, even with... Um, when you fill up the form, we are the done line line. Right. 
here, you've got because over here in Malaya, you uh, it sorry Federation uh, in Peninsula, you've got the um, Malay, Indian, Chinese, and then we become the Dan Lai Lane. That's one of them, and it's like surely there's a better way of putting it, right? And then um, number, I think the most important thing is that in terms of um, it is very important that we be more included mm. in the conversation as uh, we know when we come here because everything is in Peninsula Malaysia, the t- televisions and, and the radios and everything and most of uh, Sabahans, they only listen to what they hear uh, that was, uh, that are you know, like dished out to them through the TV and through through radio and from Peninsula Malaysia they are losing their history as well, a lot of them, they are losing their culture as well so it is important to be more inclusive and then to listen to us because I know that the minute when we Sabah, you know, Sabahans want to tell our stories, they don't understand it. Mm. They don't understand our story, the Sabah stories, the Sarakan story, and therefore they say um, maybe we put it aside. And so that's why the Sabah Sabahans, we are so left behind in terms of arts, in terms of our films, in terms of so many things. Because at the moment, when we signed, you know, like the Malaysia Agreement, like um, as was saying, it is with the hope that there'd be development, there'd be equal opportunity for all of us. So the MA63, just please acknowledge it. And then our existence is for us to remain relevant as we were, but somehow with the um, kind of opportunity that everyone else have. I think that is why we are, if you're looking at the uh, 40%, the grants and all that, it is about human development. But at the same time, maintaining our culture, what we were like, we are different. And then we're talking about diversity. We want to maintain that. It is very, very important. But like I said, we need the best of education, the best of um uh, health services as well, and then roads, accessibility to the nearest hospital, to the nearest schools. A lot of the young children have to stay in a hostel like for almost like 16 years of their lives. They don't get to see their, they don't get to spend their lives, you know, their they, they childhood with their parents because the schools are just so far away mm-hmm. from their villages. So there must be a way to 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 work it out, you know, um, because Sabah and Sarawak, of course, we're very big, but hence why we need the 40% yeah. grant. Yeah. Can I just add on regarding Absolutely. the size there and then, and then relating relating it back to what you said, you asked just now, uh, Dashran, regarding the political representation. Okay. Actually, one of the constitutional foundational documents, which is the Cobalt Commission report. Okay, so in this report, it did mention the guidelines on political representation. So we don't just look at the population ratio per se, but the other factors that must be taken into consideration when deciding on political representation is the size of the area itself. And you can see how large the Borneo states are. And on top of that, yes, yes. And on top of that as well, 
The other factors that one must also appreciate is the rural nature of it, the connectivity of it. So, so these are factors that should be taken into account when making decisions at a federal, legislative, executive level as well. Of course, the Cobalt Commission will serve as a guideline. It is not law per se, but it can be used to assist in, in appreciating what was intended during the inception of Malaysia. Yeah. <laughs> how, how, how do you feel about, you know, what um, Datin brought up, right, about this lack of emphasis on Sabasrawa culture and identity? Because we know that Malaysian politics, and, and this is in a very bad sense, highly racialized, right? But even in that very negative racialized, often very racist politics, we don't get Sabah and Sarawak identities featured in it. So we get the Malays versus the Chinese. Yes. Sometimes Indians are there yes. in the conversation. At least, <laughs> at least right. you can tick Indian yeah. on, uh, on your birth cert <laughs> or things like that, right? And, yeah. and then the, the Sabah Sarawak natives and all are just line-line, yes. right? It is really, and even this concept of Bumi Putra, right? Which, you know, the, the idea at its core is something very important, but you, you often tend to see the definition of it change yes. depends on what the peninsula elites are trying to, to tell. The story that yes. they are trying to tell, the definition of Bumiputra changes according to the story. Yeah. How, how do you con- think about all of these things? All right. So I agree with you, yes. Sometimes the definition and all this, it changed according to the oligarchs. Right. You see? <laughs> so the guideline here, our guiding light should be our federal constitution. Why? Because it was from the Malaysia Agreement, it was from the Reid Commission report, all of these. So we've actually got a guideline. So what is important to instill this is internalization of these documents, not just by the people, most importantly as well by our leaders. They need to understand the spirit and also the intention that led to the creation I would say, of the federal constitution as it is today. Because when one looks into the federal constitution, that they would understand the position of our asymmetrical federation, they would understand what is needed, and we should be able to move forward. Yes. Absolutely. So let's talk about your book now, um, yes. My Country and I, the Malaysian <laughs> Agreement, Malaysia Agreement 1963. Um, Datin, tell us about this book. What's unique about it? Um, how did the idea come to be? Do you know, as I mentioned earlier, <laughs> MS63 is a heavy topic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. a lot of people uh, either you know, like don't care mm-hmm. or else they feel that they know it but they don't really. Mm. So how do you put it into a book for children? (laughs) (laughs) I must say that, okay, I have been into activism sort of like about 20 years ago. Okay, I've written to the um, letters to the editor, NSD and all that, when um, they were celebrating the 50th Kemerdekaan of uh, Malaysia in 2007, and I wrote a letter to the editor, 
Malaysia is 44 years old, <laughs> you know, because we <laughs> incepted in 1963. Right. Okay. So anyway, um, during the pandemic, we were all kind of, we had so much time in our hands. Right. So we need to hang out. So we hang out on Clubhouse. This is where the, the, the topic of MA63 was discussed for hours. And then uh, this is where the two of us sort of met and uh, on the, um, over the air. <laughs> and later on, uh, we met again for the very first time, not again, but we met for the very first time face to face on the 26th of November, mm. 2021. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and then I remember Masliani telling me, whispering like, I'm doing a book, a children's book on MA63. Now okay. I had, because I had form a movement called Power Pergerakan Orang Wanita Empowerment Revolution and then I wanted to do something actually in um, anticipation of uh, the 60th anniversary yeah. you know and there were so many ideas but the thing is that I was also busy with my studies at the time which I just started fast forward I came over here to KL and then started my studies and then I spoke to and, and then met up with Masliani and she called me up and told me, you know, like, I would like you to come on board yeah. with me. Right. So, and, uh, yeah, the two of us have been working endlessly, yeah. tirelessly. Yeah. Okay, and Long and, hours. Yeah, and trying to, to make it as, uh, yeah, as as attractive as possible right. and, and uh, um, interesting as possible yeah. for the children, although it has the legal um, basis yes. on it. But I think it's very, very important. It's quite unlike other children's books. That's right. It's very exciting. And that's what I want to ask, right? Yes. Um, how, how is it, you know, it, it sounds like it's unlike any other children's book, right? Yeah. Because it took it takes such a heavy um, you know, you know, topic, yes. um, uh, a very complex, uh, it's a heavy topic with a lot of complex nuances, yes. um, legal matters and, and so on and so forth yes. uh, and, and condenses it for the, for uh, or translates it for ch children. How, how did y'all approach that? Yeah. Um, how challenging was it to, yes. to really condense everything for children? Aptly put, challenging. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. The challenge there was to strike a balance, right. as you said. It's a very serious topic, but simultaneously, we want to make it accessible to the children. Mm. So how to strike a balance is where we spent our long hours looking for the right word. A simple word took a long time to even decide in right. this book. So we tried to look for words that are simple, that are straightforward, but at the same time, they are strong, they've got meaning. So in striking that balance, a lot of thought and research has been put into this book. We refer to a string of books in order to make sure that our facts are correct, our, the historical background and even the legal terms that we... Because there is a section in the book, a few sections, where we help children in... in, in it's like an introduction of the legal terms. So, so we give them what does annex mean? What does uh, the parliament mean? Right. Yes, yes. Yeah. So it's, it's, I would say, a hybrid knowledge book because at the same time, how we introduce the Malaysia Agreement um, leading to the formation of Malaysia is we put characters on the territories that form Malaysia. So right. they've got their own identity in this book so children can see it from the vantage point of 
the Malaysia agreement. Right. Yes. So it is, I would say, an unbiased vantage point because you can see the story from all five territories, all five parties, sorry, that signed the Malaysia agreement. So you can see the story of the Federation of Malaya, how it blossomed, um, leading to Malaysia. And at the same time, you can see the story of North Borneo, Sarawak, Singapore, how it joined together and we all formed Malaysia together. And you can also see the story from the United Kingdom perspective, how right. the Queen um, you know, released her sovereignty and jurisdiction on her colonies. So this is where we try to strike a balance, at the same time make it attractive by putting identity, character, at the same time giving a little bit of beef, a little bit of introduction so that it will trigger trigger the children to to be interested in such a topic. Why? Because it is important. Because, right. yes, like Datin has always um, has told me before that usually our stories are fairy tales, <laughs> witches and knights and all this. So we add on something which has meaning so that we can inculcate patriotism mm. in our children because when they have sense of identity, they know where they're coming from, patriotism will blossom. Within yeah. our children, yes. it, it's interactive. Yes, it's interactive, and um, I actually tried to read it to somebody, uh, an adult, and he says, "There's not enough meat." Well, I said, "It's an entree to whet your appetite." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's very wonderfully put. I, I, you know, this book also has pictures and, mm. and illustrations because it is for children. Could you talk to me a little bit about that? How did that come about? How did you uh, brainstorm ideas? What kind of pictures are there? Um, was it a challenge to, um, you know, really illustrate for children the, the events um, of MA63? You know, working with Masliani is wonderful. I think, like I said, uh, we complement yeah, <laughs> each other once we make decision and it's more or less like go, you know, and uh, we just go. And, and um, really, I mean, that's how we work actually pretty fast. Right. But at the same time, us being mothers... Of course, mine and my children are grown-ups and I'm learning a lot from my children in turn because of them being where they are now. Um, that helps a lot. That helps a lot. And then right. us being passionate about education and also what we want to impart is the most uh, important for us. So the sense of identity, that one, I think... is very, very important. Who are we as a nation and who am I? as a person. So how do you actually connect those two? And also we're talking about rules and we're talking about laws, all right? So a lot of people, I think because I'm doing my law at this age, it helps a lot because of yeah. what oh, my past experience that because I, you know, I don't take it for granted. So therefore I feel it's important for them, for the children to know every day in our life, there are rules and regulations yes. that you have to abide by, right? So when you talk about rule of law, it has been so loosely used and all that. But it is important that we understand where we stand. And hence, this is an introduction to law, to rules, regulations, and also rule of law, so to speak, as well, right. um, yeah. that we must, we must respect. 
It sounds absolutely fantastic. So when can people expect the book to be out? Um, you know, how, where can people buy them? Um, what information do you all have right now? When on Malaysia's birthday? Oh, when is when is Malaysia's birthday? And <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the question. The, the you know the soalan cepu emas. They right. will say when is Malaysia's birthday? Right. Some some are not even certain mm. as to when, but actually it's straightforward. It's on Malaysia Day. Yes, right. It's in the Constitution. Yes. September yes. 16. The yes. Prime Minister yes. of uh, UK actually right. said it when they were... Harold Macmillan. Uh, yeah, yes. when Harold Macmillan, when they were signing the agreement, they said, this is the birth certificate yes. of Malaysia. Yes. We didn't make it up, <laughs> right? Yes, we we not. are not taking away the history of Malaya, right. but Definitely we not. are trying to actually add value to the nation, yes. the, how rich yeah. the nation is, and uh, that this Malaysia agreement is um, is something that had been uh, carefully thought of by the leaders mm. two years to get it accepted and um, I, I was asking Niat so I am curious to know what was Tunku Abdul Rahman's Niat <laughs> when he mentioned about forming an alliance right. in 1961 I'm curious to know mm-hmm. so uh, for us it is with our hopes and dreams that we came in. A lot of the native chiefs, my father was one of them who brought them here um, in 1963 to convince them, you know, why it was a good idea. And maybe somehow it is destined that I'm, you know, I was born in August 1963, so I'm as old as Malaysia. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, when it was signed on the 9th of July, it was one year before my birthday. And then when Singapore, <laughs> I mean, it's a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> Singapore's, um, what is this, uh, independence is on my birthday, 9th of August. So I suppose it's destined, yes. you know, that I should be talking about it. And yeah, we're coming up with the book. Yes. <laughs> so I, we are very excited for the book to be coming out. September 16th, yes. just a few days away. Yeah. Um, before we wrap this conversation up, would each of y'all have a final message for us, especially since Malaysia Day is just around the corner? MA63, uh, as we were talking before we, we start this conversation, it's not something that we should be afraid of to talk. We should address it. We should, you know, f- face the reality uh, with, you know, um, and with open arms. And I think that's the only way we can grow as, as a nation. It is not about one uh, race. It is not about one religion. As I have always been saying, that if you look at the map, there's no color, there's no markings that of race and religion. Our ancestors were here before us. We are here now, and generations to come, there'll be people living in that country. So the best that we can do is to give the best that we can, um, make a difference, and then we hope now what we're doing is to make a difference through the children. Yes. All right. So first and foremost, we normalize Malaysia agreement. It's it's not something to be just spoken by the politicians. It's our history. So let's normalize talking about it and recognizing it. And let's start with the children. Let's give them that sense of identity. And um, the book... 
please, we would uh, love for you to attend the launching on the 16th of September right. at Gerak Budaya, PJ. Uh, our, publisher, our publishers at Gerak Budaya, they are great. They've been assisting us. We appreciate that. Mm. And thank you as well, BFM. Yes. Yeah. And our lovely Mr. <laughs> Dashran for having us on board. Uh, thank you. And um, can I just share this quick story about the stonemasons? Right. Yes. Okay. So there are there were once upon a time <laughs> there were two stonemasons so they were doing their work one was chipping away stones and he was complaining he says oh it's so tiring i'm building this block it's so hot he was making complaints but he said i still need to do it because it's my job i need to live he says now the second stonemason was also doing the same thing chipping away and all but he said yes i'm tired i'm building blocks, but I'm doing it because I'm building a cathedral. So you see, the difference there is the why. Why are these stonemasons doing their thing? So applying that story to what we are doing here today, why are we promoting this? Why are we educating this? Because of a bigger picture, a bigger reason. Because we want to celebrate our harmony in diversity, we want to be inclusive in all aspects. Just like you see how the Sabahans, the people in the Borneo states, accepted the visit of young Dipratuan Agong mm -hmm. during the Kambara, Kambara Kenali Borneo. Right. Yes, you can see how warm and friendly they welcomed everybody it's because there is inclusivity. And in that same spirit, all of us Malaysians should be inclusive of our history. Thank Mas, you. Datin, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Right, thank, thank you so much. That was Datin Faza Arif and Mazliani Amel, co-authors of My Country and I, The Malaysia Agreement 1963. If you missed any part of the conversation, you can check us out on podcasts. We're available on the BFM app, bfm.my, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Dashut Nyohan, and this has been Beyond the Ballot Box, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.